Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Thursday, July 20th, and a look. It's been a busy day. Thursdays are always my pack day, I'm telling you. Four shows, and then I was out running around checking on the cows and making sure my cow is okay. We'll talk about that in a minute because that's all kind of cool stuff. And it breaks this sort of cycle of insanity, which we are definitely dealing with right now. And there's a lot of that going on. And I think part of it is kind of what I was getting at in the previous hour, which is really important. And again, part of what we're going to talk about tonight is understanding the idea of a parasitic culture and a parasitic world in which we're living in and the choices we are now having to make, which are not easy choices, by the way. And it's not intended to be easy. Our walk is never easy. Hey, before we get going, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, health. But I'm going to talk to you about CBD products. 90% of the people that take CBD say they sleep better. And you have 80% of the people that deal with pain after a workout say they are, feel better. And 80% of the people have anxiety after taking CBD products say they have less stress and anxiety. And this is really one of these amazing products because it's right from the wholesomeness of what God gave us. And industrial hemp is the base. So this, all these products that are coming from cbdistillery.com, cbdistillery.com, are coming from American-grown industrial hemp. And that's, that's a really big deal. It's amazing because if you listen to the interview we had with Chase Terwilliger, who's the CEO of the company, last Sunday, he talked about how they had to work hard to get those contracts before people were even growing much hemp in the United States. But they've been doing it for a long time. They're very stringent on their controls. They, their their um, testing is beyond organic. I mean, literally, they're testing for heavy metals or testing for everything. Because as he describes, the hemp plant can suck up everything in the soil. So they have to be very stringent on those controls. And they've got products for a whole range of things. Relaxation, relief from, from pain better sleep and recovery after fitness. And I've taken them and I love them. They're great products. The gummies are great. So head on over to cbdistillery.com, cbdistillery.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, the coolest and fastest growing promo code on the web. And it is a cool promo code. And you'll get 20% off. And then for, for orders of $75, it's free shipping and they give you a 60-day money-back guarantee. So it's, it's just top-notch stuff all the way through. Great company, great philosophy. Like I said, if you have questions about the company, go back to last Sunday, Bards FM on Sunday Special Edition, which was with an interview with Chase Terwilliger, who's the CEO of this company. Lots of information about CBD products, the industry, and then what their company specifically is about. It's really good. And go to cbdistillery.com, and you're going to love what you see. I guarantee it. And use your Bards promo code for 20% off. So it's all a good deal. So there you go. cbdistillery.com. Bards is your promo code. 20% off. Coolness right there. We're literally in an interesting threshing. I want to start out with, and it is a threshing, by the way. And this post, you may not agree with it, and I'm not asking you to agree with it, but I just found it to be a very interesting perspective, which I'm thinking there's more truth in this than we may than some may want to admit. And this is what it says. Why do people continue to waste what precious time they have left desperately trying to wake the working, the woking dead? <laughs> That's great. The woking dead. It, it's too late for them, and it's increasingly difficult for those of us who are awake to live in this false world 
Just try and enjoy what's left. It's almost over anyway. I don't know what perspective he comes from. That that sounds a lot like kind of a new agey perspective of a bifurcated world, which is possible. But I just want to point out something that we are in a very obvious division right now. And it's increasing it's getting increasingly far apart. I, I've had conversations with people this week that I find very interesting because they don't know each other and they're saying the same thing about their children. And these are grown children. And these are parents that I'm talking to. And what they're saying is they'll have each of these people have had children that are, we'll say woke, right? The liberal woke. And the comment is that I'll always love my child, but I don't have a closeness with them anymore. There's not much we have in common. And when you dig down on those discussions, what you find is, you know, we can't talk for about more than two hours because there's nothing left to talk about. We just, it's a dead silence and it's an uncomfortable silence. And there's a lot to that because we're in a moment of time of the great threshing is kind of how I'd say it. And we're finding this in this time right now, there's a lot of this thing going on that we have to stay focused and we are living in the body of Christ, it's not about a me. It's not about a um, I. It's about a collective, a collective body Christ that we're living in. And as we turn our eyes towards God and we believe and put our worship in God, and we start to live with Him as one, we find ourselves being pulled farther away from this world. It's literally, the walking kingdom. And I think we can all agree that what we're looking at is a massive collapse that's happening around us. How that transforms into a real thing, I don't know. But I know that, it, that we increasingly are in a place where as we start claiming our authorities and we start leaning into that and we are finding increasingly the power of prayer. You know, I reference back to last Friday, the gray room. And he's one of ours here on chat. That's when he goes by. I believe it was his cousin that jumped into a pond and broke his neck and was paralyzed from the neck down. So he wrote three hours. We took that on prayer. We asked for a miraculous healing, a miracle of healing, an instantaneous healing. And I've told you this story already, but I mean, it's important to recount this in the context of tonight's show because we were given a response in three hours from the great room. This is a person that was his cousin paralyzed from the neck down. And in three hours, he wrote that in an hour following the prayer. So the message I got was three hours later from the prayer. But the effect in an hour is what he was documenting. That an hour after the prayer, this person was moving their ankles, moving their arms, starting to be able to move their torso, they, and they had feeling back. They had no feeling. They, went, they had feeling back. This is through prayer. And this is the power in which we carry right now as we command, we command in this world the authorities given to us, and we're working in unison with Father God. And you take that as juxtaposed to the people that are talking about, you know, need to keep up on my vaccines. I need to, I need to start eating bugs because we're going to have a, a global warming event. If we don't, we're all going to die. So we have to get rid of cows and we have to live in small boxes and we have to save the world in spite of us. 
that growing rift is getting bigger. And it's it, at first it was extremist elements, but we're now heading into one of the biggest challenges yet. And that's what kind of the sense of what I was getting at in the previous show, which is the parasitic culture, the parasitic world in which we live in. We're being attacked on three specific domains, spiritual, technological, and physical. And everything about that attack is not to destroy us, but to drain our energy down so that our free will complies with the direction they want us to go. And so they seed things with you. They say, well, you'll have no choice to do this. And it's like, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't give you the authority to take my authorities away, and yet you're telling me I have no choice. But they get this in people's head. And then people panic, and they wear their energy down, and then this parasitic culture drains people down to where they're just tired. So at the, sort, at the center of this, this post I just read to you, why do people continue to waste their precious time they have left desperately trying to wake the woking dead? And there's something very important there that I'm going to grab onto because I really think it gets to the threshing floor. And so we're going to jump over to 2 Samuel 24, 18 to 25 tonight. So let me read this. And this is AMP version. So again, for those who want to know, that's 2 Samuel 24, 18 to 25. And I'm using the amplified version, which I'm using more and more these days. Here we go. Then Gad, the prophet, came to David that day and said to him, go up and set up an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aranah, the Jebusite, where you saw the angel. So David went up according to Gad's word, as the Lord commanded. Aranah looked down and saw the king and his servants crossing over toward him. And he went out and bowed before the king with his face toward the ground. Aranah said, why has my lord the king come to the come to his servant? And David said, "To buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord, so that the plague may be held back from the people." Rona said to David, "Let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for the burnt offering, and threshing sledges and the yokes of the oxen for the wood." All of this, O King Aronah, gives to the king. And Aronah said to the king, May the Lord your God be favorable to you. But the king said to Aronah, No, but I will certainly buy it from you for a price. I will not offer, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. So David purchased the threshing floor and the oxen with fifty shekels of silver. David built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was moved to compassion by David's prayer for the land, and the plague was held back from Israel. It's pretty profound. I don't necessarily agree that we shouldn't waste, so we shouldn't give our time to people. But what I think the point of that text is, is we are going about it the wrong way. At least that's what I'm taking from it. I don't think he intended it but I'm telling you how I will interpret what he said. We're going about things the wrong way if you are trying to wake people up. And I say that because we all discuss it. It's become a common sense of dialogue these days. Like we talk about our neighbors or people you meet in your friend group and you roll your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, like these people are walking zombies, which they are, by the way. 
unfortunately. And unfortunately, there is a whole bunch of them that I, and I really mean this compassionately, it does bother me that so many on one, one group of people, i.e. the Democrats, are so inoculated with this cultish belief. And still, even though they're beginning to see things, they can't see past the, the wall that's been built, which is actually not, it's invisible, but they think it's a wall that divides us. And they're the worst culprits. People embedded in the political rivalries right now, which are just false divisions, are responsible for perpetuating one of the greatest lies in American history, which is that somehow we are different and can't get along. And that rift in the political sphere has become increasingly stupid. And it's not, and even though I've heard things like, I, we hear President Trump talking about bringing people over and, and uniting them, and we hear Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talking about healing the nation. To be honest, it's all garbage because it has to happen under the moniker of their political party. But there's something important I want to go back to in this piece because it's where we sit right now, and I think it's a very powerful insight as to where our walk is and how important what we're doing is. So it says, but the king said to Arunah, this is in 2 Samuel 24, 24, no, but I will certainly buy it from you for a price, speaking of the threshing floor and the other things. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. I find that statement so profound because what it says is in life to me, and I'm giving you my interpretation, how I read that for me is if we aren't going through the sufferings and the trials of life, we're not going to be able to go to the Lord and speak of the true heart. We have all been through this last three years of trial and it has been something and it has been eye-opening. And there's times, I think, that in this, especially this last week, it seems to be absolutely stupidly chaotic on so many levels. But at the same time, I, I don't know that it, I mean, I'd say it's stupidly chaotic just because it came out of the blue, but I don't know that it's all evil. And so I have to already, I already have to repent for saying that because I'm going to be like, Lord, forgive me. Because I'm about ready to talk about you and I called what you did stupid. So please forgive me. I can already see he's going to be like, oh you again. I'm like, yeah, I know. You made me. What can I say? Sorry. I'll get back on track. Here we go. So anyway, my, my point of this is that so much of this right now that is happening is a threshing. And you understand what's happening on a threshing floor, right? We're taking the wheat and it's being separated from, from the chef. And it's, and so that's how they get it threshed so that they can take the wheat and then the, the chaff has fed the cattle or whatever else they do with it. Because I don't know what everything they did with it in the old days. I mean, now you would feed it to cattle. And then the wheat is taken, obviously. <laughs> this would be original wheat before it was GMO modified and sprayed with all sorts of nasty chemicals. It was good wheat, made your body good too. And then they would turn that into something they would mill, right? And so th the thing is that right now, we're sitting in a place where we're witnessing a world that is going through a threshing. And the biggest part about this is not whether we are trying to wake somebody up. 
but it's where we decide to walk and how we decide to walk. There are so many people out here right now that are so arrogant, so arrogant that they don't have the will to humble themselves before the Father. They think that the Bible is corrupted because they'll bring up things like, well, there's more than books that were never put in there, so it can't be possible that it's actually God's true word. They are so arrogant that they don't have the ability to humble themselves before the Lord and seek his face and understand that the Bible is a stepping to get to him. And greater yet, I think one of the greatest things said to me about the Bible, and I had a great discussion about this whole thing with Brad Cummings, and his comment was, consider the Bible as being written in a, in a, as a hologram, which I totally agree with this. And no matter what they do to it, that hologram will always appear to you the more that you read it and study it. So it didn't matter whether they had 10 books, 66 books, or they had the original 92 or 94, what it is. But through the arrogance of people, who don't truly understand the power of the one God and don't have the humility to put themselves at the feet of the throne and humble themselves before God, they will be judged like we all be judged, but those judgments are going to suck because they've walked in a false reality of thinking that they can walk without God. And this is the time that we're in right now, a time that we are so absolutely in alignment, have to be in alignment with Father God in order to get through these next steps. And that means we have to let go of so many things. And it also means it's going to hurt sometimes. Okay. There's no question about that. I'm, I'm, I I know some personal trials that are going on this week that are really difficult and I can relate to them because I went through those trials in 2017. And so instead of talking about those, which are personal, I'm going to talk about mine, which are public at this point in time. Over a year, it was about seven months of time, everything that I had built in my life from two new cars, I had great gun collection, I had a really cool condo in Philadelphia, I was jet set flying everywhere I went first class on the, on, for contracts in my consulting business. I watched myself go from that to by the time I hit September of 2017, I had literally been stripped of everything and was sitting in a jail cell with nothing except some sort of striped jumpsuit and some flip-flops and a Bible that had been given to me by one of the people inside the jail. That rips you down quickly to where you realize truly where you're going to sit in the world. And that was one of the most humbling, at the time humiliating, but now I would say most humbling experiences of my life. And it wasn't easy. And so when I left, they left, they, get, they kicked me out after 20 days, fortunately. And by the way, that was the weirdest time in my life because because there were no charges put before me and the stories that I was in and around of people in jail that had been there for months, like a year, one guy had diabetes and they, he would, he was not supposed to be in jail. He said, he claimed that. Of course, everybody, when they hear that out on the outside, go, that's not true. You'd hear his story. It was an unbelievable testimony, how he got screwed. And a black guy that called his parole officer on his last parole meet before he was going to be released 
and he had to go into an emergency visit to the doctor because of his diabetes, this dirtbag parole officer flagged him, violated him, and the police went in and put, threw him in jail. He did not get to see a judge. I was there when he, was, when he actually got to see the judge, but he had been in there for eight months without a charge, being held. And when the judge, when he finally got before the judge, the judge was so furious that they had kept this man in there. They ordered, he ordered the, the sheriff's department to deliver him to the, to the hospital, to release him that day, and ordered the parole officer to stand before the court and justify what he was done and potentially face charges. But that's an egregious crime, and it even gets worse because that man lost his foot, by the way, to an infection that they would not treat. So these are the sorts of things I was around. And you, I really got to the place where I was, and I told my parents, I don't know if I'm getting out anytime soon. And then, you know, that, that leaves me when I leave there, I'm literally down to a pair of pants, a shirt, my cell phone, a charger, and some running shoes and my hat. That's what I had. And I had a bank card. That's right. So I just, you know, when I say this, I understand what it is to completely fall. But it was God's hand, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. And it's that's a threshing. Because it got to the point that I had to make a decision on whom I would serve. And while I don't wish that on anybody, I am going to tell you that it's one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I'm so deeply grateful God put me through that because it clarifies everything. I sit in a place right now where I could have never imagined being six years ago. And I, I am humbled by everything. But here's the thing that's different. None of this around me defines me. It's only things that God's provided for me and everything has been got provided by God. And it's only things that I need for this season. And if he strips it away, that I understand there's something else. Now, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really want God taking my Jeep away because I like it. <laughs> it is his Jeep though. And that's the other thing we've got to remember. It's like, cool, Father, I would really like you to let me continue driving your Jeep. So, and other things like my toys. But you see my point. And there comes a point in our life that I think that we all face that. And right now I think it's happening on big ways and it's happening in different lives. And it's not that it's a punishment, it's a threshing. It's a cleaning up because we're being shifted in many ways into a, into a mission set that he needs us there. And there's certain things that have to be pulled aside. We have a tendency of always looking at these events as negative. And that's part of what I was talking about in, the, in another extension of what I was referring to in the previous hour, which is the parasitic world in which we live in, because everything that happens to us, we translate to a negative attack. And so well, the devil's doing that. The devil's the one that, that caused my business to go upside down. I don't know that that's exactly right. Because if we keep in mind who giveth and who taketh away, God gives us and God takes. You have to ask yourself like, okay, where in that part, which is biblical, where in that part does the devil have any, have any authority? And yet we love to do that. 
and we turn it into a negative. But when we get back to this comment of 2 Samuel 24, 24, but the king said to Aranah, no, but I will certainly buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, with, which cost me nothing. You see, right there, our lives are a process that we have to feel a pain and a suffering. If we don't, we don't understand our mission here. We're being refined in a bold way, in a wonderful way. So let me just make a quick mention here of one of our other great sponsors to the show, and that's EK Pure. They are an amazing air quality, air purification system that I have been become a total fan of. Great product. And with all this garbage going on in our environments where we have to really worry about what we're breathing and dealing with as well the, the issues of our air, whether it's viruses, allergens, chemicals, or odors, we have to use the tools that are available out here in a good way. This is one of these things that's just, it's, it's amazing because it's pulling air through a HEPA filter and a mineral filter that this is a patent, patented technology. And it's able to pull out all of those irritants, allergens, chemicals, odors, viruses, COVID, whatever else. It takes it out of the air. Probably has some help with mold too, I would imagine. And all of these things, it does. And it does it quietly. It's a little unit that sits on the side. I have one in the studio and it runs quietly. It runs 24 hours a day. And it just keeps that air purified. And it's wonderful. It's the same technology. It's the same company and same units that are being used in the Navy ships. They were selected by Department of Defense for their advanced technologies. And it's all 100% American-made. So head on over to EKPure, ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARGE. You're going to get 10% off on the unit and a free air filter. So, or air, I'm sorry, an air monitor, air quality monitor. And with that, you're going to be able to verify exactly what it does and it will, it will amaze you. So head on over again to ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And with that, you're going to be able to get a, get 10% off, get a free air quality monitor, and you will not be disappointed with this unit. Great unit, 100% American made, great quality. Just overall fantastic. And so anyway, check it out. I think you'll be very, very impressed. And you need to check this out. It's a great quality unit. Very happy I have one, and I would encourage you to get one. So EnviroCleanse is the company, but ekpure.com will take you right to that amazing site for that cool air filter. There you go. Bard's Code, B-A-R-D-S. All right, so as we continue, there is... A walk that we have here, that when we hear people say, why are you wasting your time on the woke? I would say that's a person that doesn't understand the greater commission of what we have. And what they're focused on is the frustration of people being locked into a paradigm. And I get that. But I want to go back to, to Samuel 24, which is so important. Our prayers have tremendous power. As we have testimony from the great healings, we also have a tremendous power as we stand before the Father and we're praying in to having people turn their eyes to Him. That has nothing to do with woke. All we're talking about is breaking ideological strongholds. And we're talking about breaking the hardness of a heart. And we're trying to get people to release from the bondages of this world and all these things we can pray into. And we need to keep ourselves prayed into that because that's part of our mission and our commission. 
you know, as I was referring to in the last hour, in in and I'm I've been going to be referring to it a great deal more just to reinforce this on this idea of where we're walking. Our prayers are powerful, and the walk that we've made has cost us a great deal. And to me, that gives us that seed, that, if you will, that connection with heaven for us to appreciate truly what God is trying to tell us. It's difficult to appreciate when someone says to you, man, my rifle has recoil. And if you've never shot a rifle, you really can't imagine what it's like to shoot a rifle that has a lot of recoil. I have a 20-gauge shotgun I absolutely love. It's Italian-made. It's a single shot. It was given to me when I was a teen. I love it. That thing shoots beautifully, but it kicks like a mule. And where it kicks the worst is it, if you don't have a pad, which I do. I have a two pads now. I have one on the stock and one on the, one on the, the, on the side of the stock and one on the butt of the stock to both absorb from the shoulder and absorb in the cheek because that's where it kicks the most. As you lay your Mm -hmm. cheek into the sight line and you look down the top bead, it tracks beautifully, especially if you're doing skeet or small birds. And man, you pull the trigger and it just, it's beautiful. It's just a nice trigger. And then it just kicks the heck out of you when it comes. And you you will, as you do that trigger kind of in, you're pulling the trigger so you're not really thinking about it. (laughs) You're reminded. And pretty soon, like your cheek gets so sore, you can't keep your cheek on the well or on the, on the stock, and you're pulling your head, which means your shots get pulled. If you don't have that experience that I just talked about of ever shooting a rifle or a, or a shotgun that has a kick, you're not going to be able to relate to it. So my argument here is right out of 2 Samuel 24, which is that David is saying that I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to make an offering with Father that's something that didn't cost me. And I think that this is a very important issue about us in the power of kingdom. And when we look back on these last three years, I know it's been frustrating. I know it's been painful to be separated by family, from family and from friends. I know it's been painful to lose jobs. But rather than focusing on the pain, look at the blessing that's been given. Because through that process, there's no way you could have arrived at a place of being so connected or increasingly connected to our Father, to kingdom, to Jesus, had you not been through that pain and suffering. And so it's there when we sit in the place of prayer and we're going to give ourselves to prayer to Father, we understand truly what we're reaching for now. It's painful to be separated and divided in family, but now when we pray, there's meat and substance to the bones of what we're talking about. It's not just dry, dead bones. And I think these things are so important to comprehend where we are right now Mm -hmm. and why if we really start to understand this and more than understand it, it's accept it is the big thing. It's just like part of our authorities. We are transforming the world. Gideon only needed 300. We have more than 300. And we can. So back to that comment where we started from, which again, you know, why do people continue to waste what precious time they have left desperately trying to wake the woking dead? Well, okay, if you're trying to wake someone up, I would agree that's probably getting to be an endless and futile exercise because you're speaking into a wall. Their ideology is the wall. You're speaking into them and you're running into that wall and they're shutting you off. And this person is somewhat of a fatalist in a certain sense. It's like this world is about to end in one capacity or the other. I don't see that at all. 
I see that we're in an opportunity of a new horizon because we're bringing in the power of kingdom and that's just the way I'm going to walk. I've told you so many times that I am when I am not, I do not buy into revelation theory that we are at the end of times at all. I do believe we are in a massive transition of eras. And the question is, are we going to be that era of kingdom that takes in and assumes authority to start bringing this world to a better place, which is a lifelong pursuit until that day that Jesus returns? That's how I walk. So talking to somebody about waking up and trying to give them truth is pretty much like standing in somebody with Captain America's shield and trying to hitting them with a little ping hammer and expecting to make a dent in it. It's not going to happen. However, when we step into that place as sovereigns, as the children of the Most High, and we're praying into this, and we're using the Holy Spirit that's with us, and we're walking into that space, we don't even necessarily have to say a word because that shield will fall. Theirs, because theirs is nothing compared to the power of the Holy Spirit. Theirs is a shield made of tin by comparison to the Holy Spirit. And no matter how strong it is to a conventional hammer, their shield will not hold to the power of truth of kingdom. But see, people are throwing darts as truth of man to man. Ain't going to work. Hate to tell you. If David had not had the, the father and the blessings of father when he stood up against Goliath, I got news for you. David would have been f- bird food. And Goliath would have done everything he said he would have done to him. But David stood up with the power and authority of God. And with that, Goliath had a bad day. <laughs> In fact, I always, I, I'm, t- I'm sorry. You know, I... I'd say this so many times, and I love that story because he doesn't just stop. He finishes his promise and's like, dude, you're dead, and I'm still cutting off your head with your sword. There you go. Like, point made. Promise made, promise delivered. It's awesome. So that is, that is where we sit, in my opinion. And it's a choice of whether we step in or that we sit on the sideline twitting our thumbs trying to tell ourselves that somehow, you know, like, Bible isn't real. Bible's not the whole thing. I don't know about God. I just, I, I talked to, you know, I'm going to pray to him, but I'm still going to do my daily life like I did before. I'm not going to be transformed. By the way, and just as a sub note on that, if you have been saved and you're still doing that stupid crap you used to do, whether it's porn or drinking or smoking heavily, and drinking heavily, that's kind of where I'm going to. You're not saved. Hate to tell you, because you're not, you're, you're violating your basic premise of being reborn. So here's some advice. Get yourself back into alignment with God. Recommit yourself to Jesus. And it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to go get saved again. And then you're going to be, you're going to have the strength. And look, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you that when we give our lives to Christ, we have to leave those earthly things behind us. And the best part about what I just said is there are so many people, so many people that want to be there to bring you over and to have you leave that behind. And if that takes some deliverance work, man, there's people that are out there, hands open, saying, let's go. So that's really, it's not something to be, embarrassed about and it's not look, i was saved when i was very young and thanks to a stupid fr- framework 
church, I never had any support. And then I just went off on my path. And then I dabbled in various things. And when God called me, yeah, well, trust me, I got broken, like I told you. And literally, when I was, I flew down to Georgia, and that's where I stayed for the next two years. And it was uh, October or something or other. I don't remember the exact date, but I walked in. And I said, okay. I came in and, and I was saved again. And I'm happy I, I'll never look back on that. It was a great moment in my life, baptized and saved. So there's no harm here and there's no judgment, but I'm telling you, you have to leave these things behind because it's through that relationship that we are transformed. So just an encouragement and maybe a little bit more. Maybe that was like a steel boot in the butt, but either way, you got the point. We want you in a place, all of us that are walking and we want to be in a place as a family, as a whole, as a one body, where every, because that's how the body gets stronger, is when, as we're saved, as we go through those processes, we're then walking this path right now, which there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot of threshing going on, and we're able to share that together as we move forward. I don't know. I just think it's a pretty crazy time, pretty good one. But I do know this. We need to do some real prayer, so let's dig in. Father, we just want to thank you tonight as we assemble here, and we're going to begin a prayer for all those that are still struggling with some of the past demons that are holding them back. So my, my prayer tonight begins, Father, is just that we want to break those bonds from the past. And this goes with anybody that's here tonight, that if you are feeling this and you're, you're, you're wanting to break those bonds, just speak Jesus, truly speak Jesus, and make a commitment to him right before you. I mean, this is this is our chance right now in this era that we're in to truly put our eyes on him and let go of those things. And if you're and if anybody out here is dealing right now with the vices, whether it's alcohol or porn or or smoking, and I, I'm talking heavy addictions. I'm not talking about somebody that takes a sip once in a while or a puff on a pipe or something. I'm talking about if you have heavy addictions, if you're dealing with drugs or whatever that is, I, I need you to hear this. Jesus forgives you. You need to forgive yourself. And if you'll do that and put your eyes on him and ask him to walk with you, you're, you're going to be transformed. You're truly going to be transformed. So it's really a point right now of being focused. We have, we have a lot of people around that clown around in this time, Father, people that think it's a joke, think that they make jokes because they themselves know that they are, they are not right, that they're broken. And instead of facing the brokenness, they try to laugh it off and steer away. And so, Father, right now, we're also praying for those that are sitting in that place, that there can be a real sense of the Holy Spirit set upon them and a real sense of accountability that puts before them. This is a very important and critical time in people's lives to make a choice to put their eyes on you or to walk individually and astray. And with that, we have to understand that as we reach into you, and this is so often the problem, Father, and you know, and this is where my prayer is centering from, is that people know that if they start to reach towards you, their lives will transform and they don't want to let go of what they have. They like having their vices. They like having their doubt. They, it gives them a sense of importance because they can't imagine themselves being obedient and abiding in you because they think that's cool in this world to be independent and be one of those cool people that thinks free. 
not realizing that the true sovereign freedom comes through you and abiding in you. So, Father, for those that are out there struggling with that, we're asking just to have their hearts just given into the Holy Spirit, to have an experience so profound that it's not deniable to them, but most importantly, that they have to make the choice. And the choice is whom you will serve. And let this be a profound moment for everyone out there struggling with their place in faith to truly make a choice. Are you going to serve the one true God or are you going to serve yourself and ultimately the masters of hell? Because that's really the split in the road. And it's time now for people to choose. The courage that it takes for people to do that is immense. And so, Father, I just pray for the blessings to continue to flow to those that have had the courage to step up and be honest about who they are, to be honest about the sins that they've carried, and to understand that we don't just get everything fixed. It is often a struggle because it is a fight between the spirit and the flesh. But it's the heart of always seeking you that we're trying to build here in a profound way to keep their eyes through Christ to you, Father, in amazingly walk in an amazing walk in this world in such a great way that we can transform ourselves as we transform the world around us by just walking in in obedience to you with you when we talk about spreading the word the gospel of jesus christ and so many people i think fall immediately to trying to quote scripture and quote texts And what they miss is this critical piece that we're talking about here tonight, which is abiding in you and then walking that process of threshing to have things stripped from their lives, to get rid of the idolatries, to get rid of the old beliefs, to break down the fake ideologies, and to put ourselves truly in you. That's the testimony that is the gospel, that is the basis of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if people will take that, Father, and we pray that they will, that becomes the testimony to break down those those strongholds of those that don't want to hear. We go into these things thinking we can pierce some of these hardened walls with ideas from ourselves, forgetting that you have given us one of the greatest tools ever. The testimony which we bring to you becomes a weapon of war when we go about sieging and destroying the walls that seal people in to the disbelief, their arrogance, and the culture of me. So, Father, we're praying tonight for the mightiness of strength to flow up amongst everybody, to feel that power of the Holy Spirit flow through, that we can step in and start speaking our testimonies to the world as we open people's hearts to the gospel of Jesus Christ and shatter the strongholds of those that are sitting out here thinking that these worlds are truly divided by the artificial divisions of politics or some other crazy ideology. And may our walk in this world, Father, continue to be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit as we step in and we break down these ideologies of people that are broken and seeking some sort of identity and validation, doing it through their antics of accepting the demonic walk of gender confusion and gender plurality and all of these other notions that somehow they they can decide what they want, forgetting that you gave them, put them here on earth perfect, in their form. But somewhere along the way, they were hijacked and told that they were imperfect. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they have done. 
But Father, empower us so that we can show them the love and the forgiveness given by Jesus, who died on the cross and through his blood solves all. And for those, Father, that are walking this week in difficult paths, and I know there are many, that this week has been a trial for so many this week, a threshold of having to cut things free, of having to make changes in their life, of being facing impossible odds. Jesus, we just ask that you just put your hands on them and just remind them that it's through the cost that we're able to raise higher into the kingdom. It's through the cost that we're able to understand more deeply the relationship and love in him. And it's through the cost that we begin to be able to seek his face and truly understand the authorities given to us on this earth, for they are grand. They are immense. And the responsibilities are not light, and they're not to be joked with or or tallied with. These are authorities that truly transform people's lives. To spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, which transforms lives, to heal the sick, to, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. And that idea of doing greater works than he. Oh, Father, you have given us such amazing authorities here on earth, and it takes such a loving and forgiving heart for us to be able to step in and truly feel the power of kingdom flow through us. And so in these hours now, may that power truly wash us clean of the burdens and shackles that we hold of the past and forever where everybody is, meet them where they are and to bring them to the place of being able to truly experience the power of the Holy Spirit and make the decision truly in their life to go deeper, or for those in question to make a choice whom you serve. I say these things, Father, in a prayer that I declare with the authorities given to me on this earth by the blood of Jesus. And all of those that are in agreement, we say, Amen. It is so important right now that we raise each other up and There are so many that are still in denial, and it's sad. But our mission is constant and persistent, and our testimonies are profound. And when we share our testimonies with others, they are truly the energy that they need to hear to break their own doubt. Doubt is a tool of the devil. The devil has done an amazing job of getting people to believe he doesn't exist and for people to question God himself. What a tragedy. And all it takes is for someone just to say that they love Jesus and accept Jesus and to truly just walk that way and accept and abide and submit. We have the duty right now more than ever to do this in our world on a daily basis from how we walk to the stories we tell to the people we encounter and to never, never relent. And in the process, Father is going to shape us. He's going to shred us in ways and he's going to rebuild us. But everything that's going on now as we're walking with him, you're not part of that old world anymore. Only if you let yourself believe it. So please remember that. There's so many things we want to say, oh, the devil's after me. Let's stop. 
accept Jesus and walk with Jesus, accept this world and this paradigm where we are under the banner of Christ and we are walking in the Holy Spirit. And when you step into that place truly in your heart, that other world gets farther and farther and farther away. You know, I've told you this, my dad and my mom do this every day, every single day they do their walk and they begin their walk every single day, seven days a week, rain, snow or shine, they do this and they start their walk and my dad gives my mom a kiss and he says, let's go walk in the sunshine. Man, I'm telling you, that is one of the most simple reminders of the power that we have in this world. Choose whom you shall serve and choose how your day will be. Walk fearlessly with Christ. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow, Bended Knee is 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Okay? Remember, it's posted in Telegram. I'll post it again, just so we know. But spread the word, please, so everybody knows. And tomorrow is Prayer Friday. So until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest depth. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body.